I he's agree. a walking chemical factory. I took it as a compliment, I, man. I think you were gear. <laughs> More gear and no blood. I just, I just think that's you. You were just a test floating <laughs> in your system. There was no blood after Hey, what's going on, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff, we're going to talk about gym stereotypes. Which gym stereotype are you? Uh, we figured out who we were. We came up with a bunch more, but I'm sure we missed a ton. So if you can think of one that we didn't mention, then comment below. After that, we're going to tackle your listener questions, and I have timestamps below in case you want to skip around. Uh, comments, likes, questions, all that stuff. It helps to boost us in the algorithm. And if you're new here, let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell because we have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week featuring a bunch of different IPB pros, educators in our industry, experienced coaches. We're all here to help you do better, stay safer, and have fun with this sport that we love. This week, Arimidex versus Aromacin. What are the pros and cons? Dealing with nerve issues, glutes that won't turn on, and trying to fix back problems in bodybuilding. Trend Ace at 150 milligrams per week, along with Masteron and Sust. What do we think? What's up with skin issues from gear, and how do you deal with that? Plus 20 milligrams of D-Balls are pre workout what do we think about that and a bunch more guys i have timestamps below if you want to skip around let's get to the show what's up guys welcome back to drugs and stuff with dave crossland all of our programming is brought to you by you guys at patreon thank you very much for subscribing to patreon and helping to support our programming you're the number one cause that's allowing this show to keep happening so thank you we're also brought to you by eval blood analysis you can go to eval uh what is it um eval blood right dave all right, that's that's what you told me to that's say. That's how you it. say it. Okay, yeah. we're also brought to you by uh, Strom Sports Nutrition. For those of you in the UK, we are brought to you by uh, SupplementSource.ca for our Canadians, and for the, our US listeners, we are brought to you by TrueNutrition.com. Use our code Think, Dave. We're going to have some fun today. We are going to discuss. So we've got like all the listener questions from last week, but we are going to have some fun. We're going to discuss gym stereotypes and we want the audience to get involved with this uh you can comment on youtube tell us you know number one which gym stereotype are you and what are some of the other gym stereotypes that we miss because there are we started making this list we have like 20 on here of the various gym stereotypes that we could think of off the top of our heads uh, before that dave you had an announcement that we've been on the edge of our seats waiting for so take it away so I've, I've got two things. It's an announcement and it's a request. Okay. And so Eval's going to go international. Oh. Um, we should, I'm pretty sure, be able to service the States. Wow. We'll definitely be able to service mainland Europe. I have two problems in doing that. The first one is that I need staff in these various countries in order to provide the services. Sure. I also need the relevant ranges for each country. Now, America's dead easy. I can get the, the range profiles for America offline, online. But when you start coming to, like, Holland and Germany and, and you know, Spain and France and stuff like that, it's not so easy to get hold of because of the, the language issue. I, I don't speak those languages and Google Translate is not that good. Um, so I'm looking for people that can potentially send me copies of Full Blood Work showing the Rangers 
And the other thing is costings, because when I first looked at Holland, I was informed that our athlete protest uh, would cost around 600 euros in Holland. And I was like, well, we can do that substantially cheaper. I mean, I'm not looking at price hiking. The, the UK cost needs to be covered, and then literally we're just paying for the services of the phlebotomist in the country, and we're paying to get the sample to us expedited. So that's there's going to be no surcharge because it's Holland. Since then, I had a meeting with two Dutch guys last week about another matter, um, which in part did cover bloods. But uh, it turned out that their costings were actually quite good. So now mm. I'm a bit confused as to where the pricing is there. Because there's no point in us offering service to, to Holland. If it's going to cost you like twice as much it, to do if it. If it's going to cost the customer more. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. some of those countries too, you, you may be able to offer services that just aren't available otherwise. Because I've worked with people in some European countries where like they just can't get labs done. So that could be... Of, of huge benefit. I also know you mm. wanted to mention that you're starting a Pillars of Strength back up, your your online course. So, guys, if you're mm -hmm. interested in that, be sure to check it out. I usually mention it at the end, but I'll also mention, guys, if you want to check either of us out, talk to us about coaching, you can reach out to Dave. Uh, just hit him up on Instagram or uh, Facebook. You can reach out to me, McNallyDiets at gmail.com. And let's get to this thing, Dave, because we have some gym stereotypes, plus we have uh, a, a ton of of listener questions so we're going to knock out what we can man we came up with a bunch of them um where do we start here these are the people you see in the gym well i'm going to start with me <laughs> the 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 loud noisy trainer because are I you that loud all... yeah i can be yeah I, it's not unnecessarily um, I'm not someone who picks up a five-kill Dumbo and starts shouting and screaming, but when it gets to the heavy stuff, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not quiet. I'll, I'll put it that way. I'm I'm not quiet at all. Not in the fucking slightest. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I've always been a very aggressive trainer, so... Uh, that guy's yeah, there. Has, He's in every gym. Cost, it's cost me memberships in gyms. That's, has it really? Yes. <laughs> and I don't have issue with that in the sense that I understand that I'm not everybody's cup of tea, and, and I quite happily accept that if a gym doesn't want me there, that's that's their business and no problem with it. Yeah, you know, I've never I've never been one to complain about that. It's like fine, I understand that, and I usually warn gyms, look, I'm not the quietest of trainers. So, uh, and people say, well, why don't you change? It? It's not something I do deliberately. It's just something that I sort of I've tried, and it really does actually affect how I train if I try and stay quiet. It's weird. Um, yeah, but I yeah, can so, see that. I mean, there is the other type, the extension of, of me, which is the one that picks up a 5K Dumbo and screams the fucking place down. Yeah. That ain't me. I ain't that. But, yes, I've been now to get loud. <laughs> yeah. So there's that guy. Uh, you mentioned another one, the gearhead. So I found this fascinating, Dave, the number of people that actually use gear in in an average gym especially like here in the u.s i think the climate's a little bit different because of the legality and stuff but it you i was shocked to learn that some people were like wait a second i thought you were natural and you're running all of that but then there is that guy where like he's obviously geared up hard like you know, the constantly red face, covered in acne, you know, constantly in the locker room talking about compounds, asking everybody else what they're taking. That guy does exist. There's no question. 
Yeah, I mean, he's the one, he, you know, he's bright red. He's coming in out, like you said, loads of water retention. Yeah, constantly the water. Talks about, constantly talks about gear. Every conversation is about gear. There's never anything else the guy discusses. <clears throat> and, uh, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we, we prob- there's probably a, a little bit of him in a lot of us, if, if we're honest. Maybe not to that extreme, but I think mean, yeah. we've all, all possibly got a little bit too drug-focused at certain times, yeah. <laughs> I know I've been seen as the gear guy because, like, I remember back in the day when not everybody competed, um, when I would compete and I would get super, super shredded, I'd walk around in a tank top, and, like, you would see literally every striation in the muscle, you know? And it turned out I was taking, like, a lot of the same stuff that some of these other guys were taking, but I wasn't, like, going out on Friday nights and drinking and eating burgers all weekend and, you know, all of that. Like, I was doing, like, lots of cardio. I was dieting hard. But I I remember hearing rumors about me at the gym, like, other people telling me what other people said. Like, for instance, I think my favorite one was somebody said that I was a walking chemical factory. I like that one. Walking chemical. He's a walking chemical factory. I took it as a compliment, man. I think you were gear. More gear and no blood. I just just think that's you. You were just a test floating (laughs) in your system. There was no blood left at all. Yeah, I I took that as a compliment. Different use of the word, but there is definitely the guy who has all the gear and no idea, who usually walks into Tim dragging behind him the biggest holdall you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> you mean like equipment? Conceiv- yeah, every conceivable adaption and handle and strap and <laughs> God knows what, a- and takes him 15 minutes to actually get dressed with all the extras to even fucking train. Yeah. And then spends another 30 minutes with either a tennis ball on his back laying against the wall or a series of bands or some other weird hook implement that he's sort of abusing himself with before he actually gets into doing anything at all and then spends another 15 minutes setting up yeah. in a position to do one rep and then gets off the bench again. He's, they, he's they a good tend- he's good 150 pounds too. There's that. They also they tend to be powerlifting related, I have to admit. They, they, these characters tend to be people that, that practice the art of powerlifting. Maybe not successfully, but yeah. they do. But fuck. You know, fight an hour into a workout, you've not actually done anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've I, I've seen that before, and I've had other people comment on that. The guys, their um, their gym bags are like a hockey bag, you know, basically yeah. <laughs> like a giant hockey bag. And when they get ready to do another exercise, they have to change their shoes. So there's like five different pairs of shoes in that bag because you need a different pair of shoes for every exercise you do. So if you different. are that guy. Just one we pair. Just bring you, one pair. We yeah, bring, you for bring. the amusement. Thank you. You've kept us amused for years. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about uh? How about you, you? We had another one on the list. The phone guy. The phone guy is always there, uh, right? That's a modern scourge, I think, isn't it? I mean, you go back fifteen years and you never saw a phone in a gym. In fact, a few gyms I know banned them. But yeah, really? he, you know, yeah, yeah, you weren't allowed in the gym floor with phone. Wow. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I mean, you know, the one sits on the end of the bench, spends 15 minutes texting, and then when you ask him if he's got long on that bench because you want to use that piece of equipment or whatever it is, he looks at you completely offended, like you're disturbing his workout. It's like, well, all you've done is sit on it for 15 minutes texting your fucking bird, you prick. Or Um, another version of him, he has, like, a Bluetooth in, and he's talking while he's doing the pec deck, 
and then just sitting there on the peck deck having a conversation and just jolly old good time. You know what I mean? There's that's a version of him as well. There's, there is a, there is a development from this character as well, um, where where I suppose you could call him tripod guy. Um, so obviously with the IG and everything else these days, you know, people want to produce content for their own channels and whatever. Uh, and you do now. I mean, I know a few gyms I've been to, and you are literally struggling to walk around the gym without falling over fucking tripods because they are bloody everywhere. I just took uh, a tour of a local gym that I was considering getting a membership to, and there were several tripods on the floor. I don't see it as much because I generally train from home, but I, I showed up at this gym. I did see several tripods right in the middle of everything, too, you know, not it, off to the it, side. It's a weird one because, you know, everyone, you want to record your workout, fine. You want to get some content, fine. It's business. I get that. But at the same time, it's like, for fuck's sake, you know, I can't get around the gym because I'm following other tripods. So here's the other aspect of that, too, is um, I do think there is value in recording sets. You know, I, I've said it to clients that, hey, if you look at other sports, like you look at football, they watch the tapes back. There's a lot you can learn by watching the way you performed. And if you're doing like a really heavy set, a top set, or you're trying to use, uh, say, um, pause squats, for instance, you you play the tape back, you play the phone back, the video, and you're like, oh, man, I thought I was doing like a full one second pause at the bottom of that squat, but I was barely stopping. And you can use that for that's my version of progressive overload. OK, let's improve that technique. Same weight, but next time, make sure you get that full pause. You know, get better at that. And and if you can do that, then you are progressing. So I have had clients that want to record their sets, but they don't want to be seen as tripod guy. I can't blame you. I can't blame you, but you got to get over it at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I, I ask clients to record their, their, usually their failure sets because um, I'm looking for a breakdown in form and I'm also looking to assess effort in the sets that they're doing. Yeah. but uh, So it is a useful tool. There's no deal. That's why I said I'm a bit 50-50 with it because, you know, it, it can be used pr- pr- productively. Hmm. And let's not forget the ladies either. Matt said, well, hold on. Matt said that they banned tripods at his gym. And, uh, oh, get this. I, I'll add one in just for Pete here. He says, how about the guy playing his radio um, over the the gym music? I've seen that happen. In fact, I've seen personal trainers do that where they bring their own little boom box in and, or Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, and they never blast seen, it over the gym. That. I think it's no, the most, I think it's the, the most inconsiderate thing that a human being can do. Personally, I take offense to that. That's my personal opinion. If if you don't like the gym music, just wear headphones. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's all I used to do. I used to just put headphones on. You know, I wasn't a fan of what they were playing, so I just put headphones on and listened to my own. It was fine. I didn't disturb anyone then. The only problem with that was I never realized how loud I was because they had headphones blasting in That's true, too. That's part of the reason you were noisy, guy. So to keep things rolling, you were about to be equal opportunity. You were going to the ladies next. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we have the, the cardio bonnet. Yeah. You know, the, the young lady that turns up and then spends two and a half hours on a freaking elliptic trainer or a treadmill or whatever and then pottles off again, not thinking that anyone else might want to use that bit of the kit. Yeah, she's usually um, on the elliptical, and she's on it from, the, like, I walk into the gym, she's already, like, a good, you know, she's already drenched in sweat when I get there. And when I leave, she has not broken stride, and that's, like, an hour and a half later, you know, two hours later. Um, and then you've got the girl that wears more makeup and takes more care into her gym 
outfit than she does on a Saturday night out. Yeah. I dated one of those girls one time. Nothing wrong with looking good in the gym. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, you know, it's a lot of effort just to work out. I dated one of those girls one time, and I was visiting her uh, out out of town. She lived in the Pacific Northwest. And I I was visiting her, and her girlfriend came over, and we were all going to get together. The three of us were going to go to the gym. Literally, it was like an hour of them getting ready before we actually walked out the door. Like at that point, I, I, like I was fed. I was ready to take my pre-work. Like by, by the time they were ready, I had to eat another meal just to go to the gym. I think that as well, the, the thing is that's, that spawned an antichrist to that. So yeah. that spawned the, the girl that now doesn't give a shit and turns up <laughs> in all sorts of shit. Sweat pouring off them, you know, no makeup, doesn't give a toss. It's yeah. just there to work. Each yeah. of their own at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, it seems to be that one has created a, the opposite. Yes. And then, of course, you two, you, you had mentioned this one on our list, the, the, the glute chick, which, you know, I, I can't blame them, but the glutes are like, I mean, you've seen girls that train glutes literally every day. They've either got uh, like, um, you know, a, 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 like a, a band around their thighs, a block between their knees. They've got some contraption of bands and side steps and glute hip thrust, everything else. It's all happening. It's all happening there. Um, oh, yep. Yes, uh, there is. There is. But then you have the male version of that, which is a chest and arms guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's you that's know, kind that's of like our, they train. that's a arms. that's a gateway to becoming a real bodybuilder because you initially you're like, well, I just want to look bigger. What I'm going to do? Well, chest and biceps. I want my biceps to be bigger. Eventually, you figure out, hopefully, that like you need to train legs and back too. You know what I mean? There's a lot that fail to get that far, young man. That never leave <laughs> the chest and tries. You know that as well as I do. What's this other one you had listed? Because I feel like this is similar. The Disco Boy. What is that? That's like British to me. Uh, disco. Yeah, well, so so a Disco Boy traditionally is an individual who wears Gym Shark, who uses Tren very liberally and will actually turn up at the gym at 7 o'clock on a Friday night, dressed in his clothes, who's going out when, to get a quick pump so he looks good for the ladies. Oh, man. Yeah. How are you going to hold that pump? You know, that's that's a that's a lot of pump to hold. Long time going to head out I, after I, that. I have, I have never, I have never understood that. Actually, though, I do. I would like this. Reminds me of something that actually is probably the funniest thing I've ever heard in a fucking gym. What's that? And so, watch the f bombs. We're like gym. nine f bombs in, so you gotta gotta clean it up. Dave. Oh, sorry. Okay. okay. Yes, mom. Sorry, mom. <laughs> Jeez, it's like recording with Scott's mum. It's terrible. Honestly, I can't do anything. I don't shout. My mom might be. My mom might be watching. She'll take offense to that. You don't want. To, you no, want to record mom, with my mom? I think your mum's lovely, but I just feel like I'm being told off constantly by somebody's mum. Anyway, <laughs> um, so the gym in question. Oh, I'll tell you where it was. It was Maloney's gym in Huddersfield, okay. and they have um, a very good quality uh, salsa scale in the reception. And so this this guy. I don't recall him weighing going in, but he came out and he weighed himself after training and then announced to his friends that he had put two or three pound on and that was because of the pump from all the blood. Huh. Okay. 
so somehow magically within his training he had absorbed blood from outside of his body yes and increased the volume of blood in his body to such a point that he actually weighed more because of it dang okay well that's interesting i've never seen that happen in my years of coaching but hey if he if that worked for him then more power to him what else do we have here we get we because we're gonna have to wrap this up pretty quick. I know we had the natty crew. There's the natty guy who's constantly oh. reminding you, constantly reminding you. That sometimes the natty guy, sometimes he has really good genetics. I I've known the natty guy who is a legit specimen, and he'll say he'll say this though, Dave. He'll say, yeah. So I think you know I bench as much as Nick over there. And if you look at my pecs, they look better than Nick's. And he's on a grandma test. Imagine what I would look like if I took a grandma test. But hey, I'm natty. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mess with all that. Screw up my organs. The, the, <laughs> the, the thing is, I, I sort of don't mind him because at least there's a level of recordable development, and it yes. shows that he's got some aptitude to the gym. But when you get the guy that looks like he's just walked out of a pie shop. <laughs> Uh, and he's informing everybody that he is the natty god of the world and that everybody using anabolics is is the devil yeah and that he he would look exactly the same if he used drugs when you think no you wouldn't you'd probably look even more of a fat bloated mess than you currently do now yeah that one i've got issue with but the guy that actually puts the work in you know all right fair enough you might be a bit aggressive in your opinion, but... Uh. Yeah, I think sometimes with the, the guy who looks really good and is natty and then compares himself constantly against the geared guys, I think sometimes they're afraid because if they were to level the playing field, they wouldn't be able to say, well... Because I've known guys with really good genetics that are like, well, I only dieted eight weeks for this show and I took second place. So I could have won for sure if I would have went all in. There's that guy. People are sometimes, when they're good, they're afraid to go, I've seen this, man. Some of the best people I've ever worked with in my life, best genetics, are afraid to put it all on the line because if they do, then there's no more, well, I could have done this. I'm a lifetime natural. Oh, well, we do that. It was We assumed it. We assumed it. No, yeah, I know. I never took drugs. Never. No? Not once. Yeah. No. Testosterone's terrible. Devil juice. Speaking of which, we should get to our listener questions. If you guys have any of your own uh, gym guys that you want to share with us, there are so many more, and we didn't even get through our list, so maybe we should revisit this uh, because there, this is something we could constantly, I think, reevaluate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, Scotty Davenport just said Liver King is natural. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You are right, my friend. All right. So I'm going to dive into our listener questions. I'm going to start out with this one um, because uh, Adam asked this a little while ago. He's from Patreon. By the way, if you guys want to take part in the next show, comment below with your questions. Uh, That helps also to boost us in the algorithm, all your comments and everything. And if you're new here, let me encourage you to subscribe. We have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week. Lots of education. You get to see Dave's smiling smiling face here all the time, plus a bunch of other guys. Question for drugs and stuff. Preference on an AI. Is Arimidex or Aromacin easier to manage estrogen with, um, or is one less harmful to health markers? Aromacin is less harmful to health markers. ADEX will lower HDL. Um, ADEX is more effective at lowering estrogen than Aromacin is. 
Aromasin is a little bit subtler. Uh, the nice thing from a point of view with Aromasin is because it's a much higher dose tablet for the same effect, so you're looking at a 25 milligram tablet as a standard tablet. Yeah. There is more ability to fine tune your estrogen control if you wanted to. Yeah. Where with ADEX, because it's a milligram tablet, you have less ability because you're only going to go milligram or half milligram. You can't really do any more than that. Well, with aromacine, you can get lower dose stuff and actually go down to something like, say, 6.25. So you can have much more subtle management of your estrogen if you want it with aromadex. Well, sorry, with aromacine. Yeah. Aromadex, I've combined the two there. Um, but obviously, if you've got an estrogen level, you know, in several hundred and you're running ment and test and God knows what else in aromatizing compounds, aromacine's never going to cut it. It just isn't powerful enough to deal with that level of aromatization. So you will need ADEX. So it's it's not particularly that one's better than the other. It's that certain ones are suited to certain jobs better than the other. Yeah. I am totally good with aromacin as long as we're getting the results we want. Though I will say that in a contest prep situation where we do want to be more exact, I have always found, especially with higher doses of gear, I've personally found... Um, better control with a Remedex. And when it comes to prep, I, I want to be able to have that control, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, ADEX is stronger. You know, it, it, it's there's no denying ADEX is a much stronger estrogen management drug. So as a result, you can get levels down much lower. Yeah. But the problem with ADEX is that half a milligram strong. Whereas, so you can't be subtle with it. Yeah, absolutely. So if, I agree. If you if you only wanted to bring Eastern down for some reason, say to buy twenty P more, you're gonna to struggle to do that with ADEX. Yeah. But aromacin's much more flexible for that more accurate management from a point of view of small manipulations of levels. But you know, if you're on the big stuff, you're gonna need the big stuff to control it, and that's ADEX. And I personally don't see a real place for we didn't talk about letrozone. I don't see a real place for needing it personally uh where do you stand if, with that? if you need letters or then you have messed up <laughs> <laughs> yes all right jacob has a one for us another one from patreon he says question for drugs and stuff i've heard dave talk about nerve issues that he had that caused issues with firing his glutes what caused this nerve issue um was he able to fix this problem if so how did he fix it Dropping a full-size Chevy on my back, crushing myself and dying is what caused my nerve issues and switched off my glute activation. I thought you were going to say that's what fixed it. No, that's what, no. That's what, that's what <laughs> I'm not going to do. Uh, so some of the issue wasn't directly from the injury or the incident, but it was from the fact that my movement from that point forward was dramatically altered because of the injury pain and the long rehab I had post that accident. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't a proper rehab. I'm just meaning as in the time it took me to recover, I had actually altered the way I moved um, hmm. because I'd compensated for the pain and a result of compensation for the pain meant that I moved in a different way. And as a result, I ended up with very low glute activation and, and my body just basically forgot how to fire my glutes. Yeah. Um, so that has improved, but it has taken time. One of the issues that extended from that was because I had poor glute activation but had good hamstring activation, I found that my lower back 
got overloaded quite frequently. This resulted in eventually my lower back having an issue with this because it was just effectively overworked. That in turn then meant that I started to put much more loading onto my psoas. Yeah. So my, my psoas overdeveloped and that became massive, which eventually trapped my femoral nerve mm. because my psoas was too overdeveloped. There wasn't enough space anymore for my femoral nerve to pass through my pelvic cavity. Um, so that then pushed on pressure on my femoral nerve, which impacted massively with pain and mobility. And that took a long, long time to recover and I still get little nips even now but dropping weight getting lighter becoming more mobile has helped the glute activation but my glute activation is still not amazing it's still a bit crap yeah I, I can I can fire them directly that's not a problem but what they don't do is activate correctly when I'm walking about I could see that um so as is a muscle that I think a lot of people struggle with, that I think in general, uh, people who are real active, people who are doing bodybuilding, that we tend to get tight psoas, and then we get lower back issues. And I never understood that early on. You know, my back would feel strained, my lumbars would feel strained, and then I would think, well, I just gotta like rub them out, you know? Like I would go straight to the lower back, gotta ice the lower back or heat the lower back, when really, the issue was coming from the psoas, you know? Yeah, the lower back was a symptom rather than the actual problem. Yeah, I think I had a... Um, here it is. Here's a picture of where the psoas is for everybody. So, and that's hard to get to, like for massage yeah. therapy and stuff. If you go to like, I've gone to an FST practitioner and you know she has to like dig in through the front to get to it. And oh man, it's an uncomfortable feeling to have your psoas worked on. <laughs> There's a, only a couple stretches I've found that really do a good job at it. They have, a, um, I think it's called like a Sewrite, maybe. There's a machine, this little device that you lay on. You have to be careful with it because you can get too aggressive with it. But they, they do have a, like a little device for like 30 or 60 bucks. I've heard good things about it, but I haven't used one. Yeah, a, a common stretch would be to lay on your front, have your heel to your backside. Okay. And then lift your have your knee lifted. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 that will stretch it. It stretches more the lower attachment going into the quad, but that that will stretch it. And then you can add to that by actually putting your hands up and doing a press up off the floor at the same time. You ever get uh, relief using like the hip flexor stretch where you're down on one knee and then you you know opposite side you lift this arm. You know what I'm saying? While you push that hip forward, that that gives you some some release there too, like getting the hip flexor stretched. It, it mine was was stupidly tight, and they were stupidly big as well. And it it it, it not the the pain that I used to get out of them was was astronomical. Um, I mean, you said it was uncomfortable. That wouldn't come near to how I'd describe it. Oh yeah, no, mine, mine was like, like ex excruciating agony is how yeah. I would describe it. I mean, it is awful. I can relate, and I related to the glute issue stuff too because then I had a lot of the same issues, and I still struggle with that today. So for me to get proper development, I have to use glute exercises, direct glute work, to remind them. It's almost like a physical therapy to remind them to turn on. Mm -hmm. All right, Dino's got one for us. Um, he says, "I'm going to try Trent Ace." 150 milligrams a week with sust 
600 milligrams a week and mass d 400 milligrams a week i've never used trend before is that a good dose to start i i would say yes but i would suspect you're going to need to have some estrogen management in there as well because trend will increase your estrogen sensitivity particularly around the nipple and it also lowers dht even though you've got mast in there it, it will it will lower five alpha uh, yeah. which will mean that you'll be more prone to gyna yeah i would definitely i would still keep an eye on estrogen no question but i think that 150 that that's reasonable you know yeah i think that's very fair uh, i i think the dose is actually very sensible very yeah. very sensible and you'll get something out of that too like you will notice a uh-huh. difference compared to not running it you know mm-hmm. all right what else do we have here um i've known several people who get acne from orals and others that don't what's the deal with acne why uh why is it caused by oh he used the word roids why is it caused by roids orals what mechanism and how to address and fix it would be very interesting to know thanks there's there's so many different aspects that come into acne i mean you get it from hormonal imbalances you get it from high dht and and increased sebaceous production of oil you get it from poor quality poor grade gear that's got a lot of contaminants if you've got a lot of bad naff stuff going in be it diet based or be it medication based you're gonna see that reflected in the quality of your skin hydration plays Uh, a role yeah hydration plays a role vitamin e plays a role so it's not one clear-cut thing um so unless he's noticed a direct pattern with the type of oral then it would it would depend on on where the driver's coming from i mean you don't even need to have high estrogen to create acne but you need a disparagation between sorry that's a made-up word i don't even know where that came from um I can't remember the word I was trying to say, and then I confused it with something else. <laughs> That's all right. It's good. It made sense. Like, I, okay, good. like a yeah, a, a difference. Is that what you're? Yeah, for? basically, what you what you're looking at is is the fact that the rate the relationship between testosterone has gone sideways. Yeah. Um, what a lot of people we we very much do focus on on if I've got high test, I need to have low estrogen. And that's not always a positive environment for somebody. Sometimes you need to let that estrogen be a little bit higher so it's closer where it is imbalanced to the test to feel good at that. Uh, and, and elevated hormones like estrogen and prolactin or estrogen and progesterone aren't always negative, particularly if you're not getting negative sides. You know, yeah, I mean, I, I've got TRT people that I manage that have high estrogen. The estrogen's... 180 p mole or nearly 200 p mole, but they've got no water retention. They've got no sides. What's that and if in? You try and, what's that in U.S. terms? What's your upper limit? I can't remember. Uh, I think 40, 45, 50. Oh, 45. okay. Yeah, that's that's totally manageable. You know, I I wouldn't necessarily uh, want that if I was trying to get absolutely peeled. You know, I'd want to keep yeah, it like in the lower range of normal. But for you know, average person, TRT, whatever, I think that that's fine, man. Yeah, it is. And, and the thing is, they feel good on that. But when they try and bring estrogen back into range, because everything has to be in range when it comes to estrogen, suddenly they feel like dog again, because that ratio has gone out. So it's, there's a lot of factors that go into acne, and it's not always 
down to just the drug use in the sense of where well, you're taking X amount of this compound, so it's causing it. It can be all sorts of knock-on factors. And particularly with oral-only cycles, because obviously the first thing you're going to see is, in general, a suppression of testosterone and therefore a lowering of estrogen. Yeah, and if you do have high estrogen, and then let's say you're to bring that down, your testosterone still does need to break down regardless. So you may have higher DHT then, you know, because it's got to break down to one thing or another, and it's going to be test or estrogen. So, or excuse me, uh, you know, estrogen or DHT. So if you have less of one, my thought is you're probably going to have then higher the other. This is a spot where, when you know, we've talked in the past, Dave, about the 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 benefits, the pros and the cons of dosing orals all at once versus spreading them out. I found for me personally with D-Ball that if I consistently take one lump dose before training, I'm more likely to start getting light acne on my shoulders versus if I do spread it out. So what I've mm -hmm. done is a lot of times I have done just the one dose. And then over time, I'm like, oh, man, I'm starting to get acne. Then from there, I spread it out and the acne goes away. So, you know, yeah, the pros I mean, and cons to everything, that's in my opinion. One of the things I would consider is trying to avoid hormone fluctuation and getting consistency in my gear across the day in the week. Yep. All right. Let's see if we take one more here. Pete has one for us. Speaking of D-ball, what do you guys think about a 62-year-old? taking 20 milligrams of Deanabol pre-workout for a few weeks. Fine. Yeah. As long as, long as as long as everything's in good order. I mean, it's a low dose anyway, but as long as everything's in good order and you're, you're healthy enough to be messing with steroids in the first place. I wonder if this 62-year-old is taking TRT, you know? Even if he's not, I don't feel like four weeks of, you know, 20 milligrams of D-ball is going to really like shut you down hard. You know what I mean? No, I'm, I'm more thinking from factors like blood pressure, things like that, rather than actual, absolutely, you know, yeah. um, the shutdown side. Of it. I mean, the only thing is at 62 year old, um, this is Pete that we're talking about, by the way. Uh, so Pete, <laughs> yes, you can take 20 milligrams of D-ball. Um, the, the, I mean, if they were not on TRT, then obviously at 62 years of age, recovery post suppression is going to be a lot harder to achieve yeah but if you're already on a trt based protocol yep. then any yeah, 150 I, I, a week test i don't see any major issue with that to be honest my friend all right well listen guys we're going to wrap this thing up we're trying to get two episodes out per week now so uh with that said like, well, like we mentioned at the beginning, uh, if you want to reach out to either of us for coaching, you can reach out to Dave, go to Instagram or Facebook, hit him up there. You can reach out to me, McNallyDiets at gmail.com. And of course, Dave's got his pillar of strength coming up, so you can reach out to him about that. And also, uh, he's looking for phlebotomists throughout, phlebotomists throughout the world, or if you know any gyms, anything like that, places that, that throughout, especially Europe that would like to set up and, and host eval uh, to be able to get better lab testing, um, you know, at affordable prices. Uh, so check that out. And of course, go to our great sponsors, truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK, supplementsource.ca for our Canadians, Strom Sports Nutrition for those of you in the UK. And of course, high thanks to our Patreons. We appreciate you guys and we'll see you soon.